Welcome to the Real Estate Way to Wealth and Freedom podcast with Jacob Ayers, providing actionable content to help you along your journey to financial freedom through real estate investing. As the premier asset class, real estate has helped ordinary people just like you amass fortunes. The benefits of passive income from real estate investing will allow you to live a life you want. And now your host, entrepreneur, real estate investor, and apartment deal syndicator, Jacob Ayers. Hi, and welcome to the Real Estate Way to Wealth and Freedom podcast, episode 139. Hi, I'm your host, Jacob Ayers. Thank you so much for tuning in to this week's episode. I'm so glad you're here. Well, at the time of this episode airing, we are celebrating Labor Day, September 3rd, 2018. So happy Labor Day. Now, traditionally, both Memorial Day and Labor Day have marked the beginning and end of summer. But each of these holidays has more meaning than just the coming and going of road trips, water sports, and heat waves, at least here in Houston, Texas. Well, Labor Day marks a special time in United States history. As a nation that was founded on hard work, First, agriculture, then the Industrial Revolution, its people have made the United States one of the most prosperous countries ever. It's with this same work ethic that many people still have today that drives our economy and our society. However, work today looks different than it did in the late 1800s when Labor Day was first celebrated. You see, Labor Day started out as a revolt against poor, unsafe working conditions as the Industrial Revolution was taking off. It was during this time that there were few to no labor laws and very low standards for work environments. Men, women, and children alike were submitted to long hours with little pay. It was around the 1890s that these problems were recognized and American workers stood up to demand better working conditions. Today, our society still has certain professions that are notorious for long working hours and tough schedules. But the labor strikes in the 1890s set the stage for much better conditions that we have today. So why does all of this matter? Well, for several reasons. First, as a real estate investor, you're not shy of hard work. Many real estate investors start out building their investment business as a side hustle, putting in hours outside of their day job, working nights and weekends. And for this, your hard work and dedication to helping yourself and others is recognized and applauded. Secondly, it's jobs that make our society function. Jobs indicate production. Be that an assembly line worker at an automobile manufacturing plant, an accountant auditing financial statements for a Fortune 500 company, or the bank teller at your local bank managing deposits and withdrawals for your bank account. Without jobs, we would just be consuming and not producing. This is the equivalent to swiping your credit card all of the time, but never earning a paycheck to be able to pay for those things. And lastly, and most importantly, jobs are what pay you, as a real estate investor, rent every month. Without jobs, tenants cannot afford to pay rent, and without rent, your real estate investment will probably not fare very well. So to those of you working, creating jobs for others, and investing so that others can have a better quality of life, Congratulations. Keep it up. Well, with that, let's get into the more nuts and bolts of this week's episode. 
I wanted to give our guests a break from their work this week in respect of Labor Day, so today it's just you and I. Now, if you'll recall last week in episode 137 with Clayton Morris, we discussed the seven steps to your first rental property. To recap those quickly, the seven steps were, one, set a goal and write that goal down, put it somewhere where you'll see it every day. Two, find a deal. Use wholesalers, turnkey providers, real estate agents, or hunt for deals on your own. Three, calculate your ROI. Four, take action. Analyze deals, make offers, and follow through with consistent action. And don't get stuck in analysis paralysis. Five, get a property inspection. This will help protect your downside and you'll uncover any potential problems with the property and you can use that information to determine if you want to purchase the property or not. Six, find a property manager. And then seven, lastly, rinse and repeat and do it over and over and over again. Those are the seven steps that Clayton laid out to your first rental property. And today we're going to be focusing on analyzing deals and how you can turn this process into a relatively easy one with the help of some rules of thumb and then bringing in a good calculator for further analysis. Well, there are lots of ways to do this, and I'm going to tell you how I personally go about analyzing properties. First, I set some criteria. My end goal for, say, a single-family home may be to cash flow, let's say, $250 a month after the mortgage is paid and then all of the expenses are paid, including vacancy, insurance, maintenance, taxes, utilities, and management. Now my good friend Keith Weinhold over at Get Rich Education has come up with a little acronym called VIMTUM, V-I-M-T-U-M, to help remember all of these expenses. So once again, that is VIMTUM, vacancy, insurance, maintenance, taxes, utilities, and management. So knowing this criteria, if a property doesn't meet it, I don't have to stress over whether I should make an offer or what offer to make. I know my minimum cash flow per door I need and I don't deviate from this. This is really important. Now I use some rules of thumb to help me determine which properties are worth analyzing further. One of my favorite metrics to use is the rent to value ratio. Some call this the 1% rule. Only 1% doesn't work in every market. In my lower cost markets I invest in, 1% is good but not great and I can usually find deals that produce a little better than that. In say San Francisco, you might only be able to find a 0.6 RV. It all depends on your market. But once you figure out that number, you can use it as a filter to analyze the deal further. If you are searching for properties and you see a bunch of them that don't meet this filter criteria, then don't spend your time analyzing the deal in more detail. So once I find that property that meets my initial criteria, usually using the 1% rule, but sometimes I use other metrics, I'll analyze the deal further. This is where a good software calculator comes in handy. Now there are lots of calculators out there for your use on the internet. Most are Microsoft Excel based. Now lots of them are free and others are more sophisticated and cost money. Regardless of what you use, make sure you are comfortable with it and it does what you need. 
For a single family buy and hold analysis, you won't need anything super fancy, just something that can calculate your income and expenses and perhaps calculate the amortization table on your loan and project property values based on appreciation. Remember, a calculator is only as good as the information you put in. So if you're calculating rents that are 25% higher than the market rents and you're not accounting for maintenance, then you're likely going to be disappointed when you buy the deal and the numbers aren't actually what you calculated. So when analyzing a deal, I make several passes at my analysis, revising and refining my numbers each time. To begin, I use the 1% RV rule of thumb. Then if it meets that, I use a calculator and estimate expenses, taxes, insurance, and vacancy rates based on my knowledge of that particular market. If the numbers are still looking good at this point, I'll take another pass at refining those expenses. I'll look up how property values are assessed by the county assessor for that particular county. Now something to note here, this is a common pitfall for some investors. Most of the time when you buy a property, the property value is reassessed by the county assessor. So that tax bill the previous owner was paying will likely not be what you are going to have to pay. Lots of times, and especially if the owner has owned the property for a significant amount of time, the property is assessed for much less than the true value. So once that owner sells the property assessed at let's say $50,000 for $120,000, you'll be liable for a much higher tax bill than what is current. So looking at the current tax bill is a lagging, not leading indicator of the future tax bill. Don't make this mistake. Next, I'll call or email my insurance broker with a request for a quote for property insurance. He'll need to know a few basic things about the property, like age, construction type, roof type, address, etc. So with that, I can get a more accurate insurance quote. When I'm buying one to four family properties, I always buy a home warranty insurance policy. Now this is something that not everyone talks about, so I'll go over it a little bit in detail. This insurance covers systems like HVAC, appliances, hot water heaters, plumbing, and electrical systems. These home warranty policies have saved my lunch on more than one occasion, so I really swear by them for these types of properties. They usually cost the same for every single family property and then duplexes cost the same as other duplexes so it's a very standardized cost and it's easy to estimate. So from my experience a home warranty policy costs about $50 a month for a single family property. Well worth the money in my opinion. For expenses like maintenance and vacancy I use rules of thumb. I set aside 5% of the rents for maintenance. For vacancy, I'll use anywhere from 4 to 8% of rents, depending on the property type, condition, and market. So by setting aside money for maintenance and vacancy every month, you'll be prepared for those expenses when they happen. These expenses are sure to happen, so it's smart to be ready for them. Now you'll have all of the data to really analyze the property. Once you plug all of this information into your calculator, you'll see what the property will cash flow. Some calculators will tell you your cash on cash return, show you how much money out of pocket the project will require, and other important metrics. Next comes the most critical part, financing. As we all know, leveraging debt on a property magnifies your return or your loss. So by borrowing money, you are able to control more property and grow your portfolio. 
By this point, you know the property makes financial sense to you, but what about the bank? How will they look at the property? For the longest time, this is where I would get stuck. This used to cause me lots of fear due to this big unknown. See, banks have different metrics they look at. First and foremost, they want to know the property's value so they don't lend more than it's worth. That much is pretty understandable. But the bank looks at other metrics like the debt service coverage ratio or DSCR. This is a metric that shows if the rents minus the expenses are enough to pay the mortgage to the bank. Now for those of you who listened to episode 127, you remember our guest John Matheson from Commercial Loan Success. Well, the CLS software allows you to put the income and expenses you've already determined from your financial analysis and in a few minutes know if the deal is favorable in the bank's eyes. I've personally started using CLS to vet a few deals I've been working on. It's just very intuitive to use and in a couple minutes, I was prepared to go to the bank armed with a one sheet on the project with those metrics that the bank cares about. Now, not only can you vet a deal for lending, if you own rental property and are looking to sell or refinance, you can establish a realistic selling price or find out how you look before going to the bank to refinance your property. Remember, velocity of your money is important here. Analyzing properties is a numbers game, both literally and figuratively. You have to look at a lot of deals to find the ones that make sense to really crunch the numbers on then only a few of those deals that you analyze will be worth making an offer on. And then only a small percentage of those that you make offers on will actually be accepted by the seller and make it to closing. This is one big funnel and it's important to keep that funnel full and flowing and be able to weed out deals quickly. Systems, processes, and tools all help you do this. Setting your criteria and sticking to it, sorting through the deals and taking action on the ones that meet your criteria is a recipe for actually buying deals. Every step of this process is critical from analyzing deals to making offers to lining up financing. The first deal you will analyze seems like it takes forever. Then the next one goes a little quicker and the next one goes even quicker. Soon enough, you'll get a better idea of how to estimate expenses from taxes to insurance and vacancy. You'll soon get a better idea of market rents in your neighborhood. You'll eventually pick up a good calculator that you like and find a good financing tool like Commercial Loan Success to help you automate and streamline the process. But please, I emphasize, please, don't do all of this and never make an offer. This is a crucial phase, but not one to get stuck in. You must act on all of your hard work, else it's all in vain. Rely on your numbers and not the emotion. If the deal looks good according to your numbers and your research, then take action and make that offer. Soon enough, you'll have closed your first deal and your next one and your next one, each one getting easier than the last. Well, if you have any questions about how to set your criteria, what tools and resources I use, or anything else, reach out to me. I'd be happy to show you what has and hasn't worked well for me. For more information about resources mentioned in today's show, including the Commercial Loan Success software, check out the show notes page where I provided some links that give you special pricing for that software along with some cool videos. So check it out. Let me know what you think. And if you have any questions or comments or want to reach out to me or connect with me in any way, visit www.jacobairs.com.
Till next week, engineer the lifestyle you want. You've been listening to the Real Estate Way to Wealth and Freedom podcast, providing you actionable content to build your real estate empire. Nothing on this show should be considered specific, personal, or professional advice. Please consult an appropriate tax, legal, real estate, financial, or business professional for personal advice. The opinions of guests are their own. Information is not guaranteed. All investment strategies have a potential for profit or loss. The host is operating on behalf of the Real Estate Way to Wealth and Freedom, LLC, exclusively.